92.9 The Mater presents In the Red Zone with Rob Witham. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Massey, Wood, and West and by the Sports Page Grill in downtown Ashland. Pleasant good evening, everyone. We come to you live from Sports Page Grill Ashland in the red zone here on 1029 The Mater, 102.9 FM, 1430 AM. Fans listening tonight on the TuneIn Radio app on Radial and at the links both at rbasportsnetwork.com and hanovercountysports.net. This could be the most jam-packed edition of In the Red Zone we have ever had. We will start tonight. Before we get into all the basketball news, with breaking news out of the world of high school softball from late Sunday night, a stunning announcement from Jackie Davis, the Lee Davis head softball coach for the past 21 years, announcing to her team on Friday and publicly last night on Facebook that the 2020 season will be her final year at the helm in Mechanicsville. Now, Davis has won over 300 games over the two decades, has been to three different state championship games, 2010, 2011, 2017, winning the 2011 Group AAA state championship with the Confederates. So no doubt it'll be a very emotional season coming up. For the yellow, for the uh, for the I've had the yellow jackets on my mind all weekend long. Uh, for the Lee Davis Confederates, uh, Coach Davis and I have already had a conversation. She's like, you know, this season's not about me; it's about the, uh, the the kids. We want the focus on the ladies, and they get set for opening day two weeks from tomorrow at home against Hermitage. But it's it's hard to kind of understate just how much she has meant uh, to the ascension of Hanover County softball, all of Hanover County softball, uh, not just the success of. Lee Davis here over the past two decades. So if you had not heard that news, this will be Coach Davis's last year down the third baseline there in Mechanicsville. All right, now let's move our attention to the Salem Civic Center from this past weekend and what a weekend it was. It began Thursday with a very impressive quarterfinal win for Randolph-Macon women's basketball, entering as the number four seed in the ODAC championship. Uh, but as head coach Carol LaHaye, who she will join us momentarily here live at Sports Page Grill, she and I talked a few weeks ago after a game as we were getting into the home stretch of the regular season, and we both agreed that things are, were so tight in the ODAC in terms of women's basketball this year uh, that you remember last year, Shenandoah shocked the world as an eight seed and won the tournament. Uh, we really thought that the, the eight surviving teams that made it to Salem, any of them could get on a run, and any of them could hoist the trophy on Sunday. And as it turned out, it was the Yellow Jackets. Their last loss was February 1st against Emory and Henry. They lost 72-67. So they beat Shenandoah, eliminate the champs in the quarterfinals. And then Saturday, great first half, up 37-23 at the half. Uh, Build a lead is by as many as 19 points, but then the Wasps began their frantic comeback late. Yellow Jackets had to hit some key free throws down the stretch to hang on. And how ironic, 72-68 was the final score. That was the exact same final score by which the Yellow Jackets beat Emory and Henry two years ago in the championship game at the Salem Civic Center. Kind of crazy. Great game for Michael Ross, 27 points, 24 for Kelly Williams, propelled him into Sunday's championship, and they took care of business pretty well. Guilford, once we got deeper into the, the third and fourth periods, really didn't have much of a chance. And Randolph-Macon asserted themselves, won the ODAC championship. That's the 10th all-time now, both for the Yellow Jackets program and for head coach Carol LaHaye as she ascended up the ladder to finish cutting down the net yesterday afternoon. Before she did, she turned around, looked at her team, and held up all 10 fingers. And we'll talk about that. There's a story behind it coming up in just a bit. Then the men take center stage. And, and first of all, they had to get out of what was a very tricky and quirky and weird semifinal Saturday against Roanoke, who head coach Josh Merkel and the Yellow Jackets knew they were going to play good basketball because they're one of the top 10 teams in terms of defensive work in Division Three nationally when they played in the regular season. Randolph-Macon was held to 52 points. They won 52-42. 
But still, a Yellow Jacket team that routinely would score in the 70s and 80s held to 52 points. Now, the game Saturday had a, a similar feel to it, not not as much of a feel, but there was some similarities. And Roanoke had a 10-point lead with about five minutes to go, and things were looking very bad for the top seed. And then Buzz Anthony took over. And Buzz, with the help of several of the Yellow Jackets, cut into the lead and into the lead. And then uh, a crazy play with a half a minute to go. Roanoke has the basketball in a one-point lead. They're coming down the the far side. They get near midcourt. And here comes Josh Talbert and Corey Turner defensively. Turner is able to tap the ball away down court. And then he outraces the maroon player to get the ball flies to the rim, puts it in for two off the glass to give the Yellow Jackets the lead at 19 seconds left. Still had to have a defensive stand, which they did. Shot with a few seconds to go, did not go for Roanoke. Rebound was tipped around, and by the time Josh Tauber came out with it, the horn sounded. Yellow Jackets had survived 60-59 to the championship game, and then the one-versus-two battle yesterday. Uh, really, Randolph Macon had a fantastic afternoon. Buzz Anthony, there was a point in the second half where really not only could he do no wrong, he could do anything he wanted against the defense of Virginia Wesleyan, and they pull away to win 72-57. 72 was a good number uh, in Salem this past weekend. So the Yellow Jackets win their seventh ODAC championship. That is third all-time in the conference. First for Coach Merkel. He got his 100th career win at Randolph-Macon in the semifinals, so now has win number 101 under his belt. Arguably the biggest win for Coach Merkel in his five seasons. And now they get set for the NCAA tournament. Excuse me. Now, coming up as this hour progresses, we will talk about the NCAA Women's Tournament with Coach LaHaye, the NCAA Men's Tournament with Marty Wilson, the voice of the Yellow Jackets. We'll get you all the information that you need here in this hour live on In the Red Zone. We've also got information, including the latest on tickets for the men's first two rounds this weekend, posted right now at our website at HanoverCountySports.net. That's at HanoverCountySports.net. We are also keeping our eyes on regional championship Monday night at the high school basketball level. Region 5B basketball tournament championship for the girls is already underway. They tipped at 530. Number one, Highland Springs leading number seven, Henrico, 21-9 after one period. Later tonight in the boys' final, it'll be one versus two when Verina and Henrico square off down at Meadowbrook High School. The Hanover girls are at Monacan. They tip in the 4B championship at the top of the hour. And we also have Thomas Dale. We have James River, the Thomas Dale boys, the James River girls, both playing for Region 6A championships. Thomas Dale and James River both just underway at home. So we'll keep you posted on those scores as we get them, as well as, of course, across our Twitter network. But when we come back, we relive the weekend and really, The last month of this regular season has been very special for the Randolph-Macon women's basketball Yellow Jackets. We'll sit down with Carol LaHaye, talk about the tournament, the championship yesterday, and looking ahead to Kentucky. All of that when we come back here live from Sports Page Grill Ashland on this very, very busy Monday night, live on the Mater and on the RBA Sports Network online. Back in a minute, you are in the Red Zone. We'll be back with more from the Red Zone after these messages. Massey Wood and West has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923, offering the finest in HVAC systems, home heating, fuel oil, propane gas, and more. Massey Wood and West is a premier dealer of Heil cooling and heating equipment, offering professional service and installation of HVAC systems, gas, or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by a century of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood and West also gives you one stop shopping for standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and other quality Heil equipment. Call today. Stay cool in the summer, warm in the winter with Massey Wood and West. Call 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Or go online to MasseyWoodandWest.com. That's MasseyWoodandWest.com. Massey Wood and West, a premier Heil dealer. Massey Wood and West, prompt, dependable service since 1923. 
Where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stoudemire and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. still uh, kind of celebrating in the afterglow of an incredible weekend in Salem, Virginia. Got back back to Richmond last night about 10 minutes after 10, and as I told someone, I said, I'm tired, but it's a good tired. It, it's uh, it's an accomplished tired, and I didn't do anything but just sit and watch some fantastic basketball uh, for two days. Got there Saturday morning, able to watch Randolph Macon knock off the top seed in the semifinal, Emory and Henry in the women's tournament. 72-68, as we mentioned a moment ago, the exact same score they won by two years previous when it was for the championship back in 2018, and that team's championship picture is just behind us here at Sports Page Grill Ashland. Now they got another picture they're going to have to hang up here in this establishment because after the win over Emory and Henry Saturday, Yellow Jackets get the championship win over Guilford, 68-50, 10th title in uh, school history and for head coach Carol LaHaye, who has graciously uh, agreed to join us here live tonight at Sports Page Grill Ashland. Coach, congratulations. Thank you very much, Rob. It was just uh, an amazing, I mean, these last few weeks have just been incredible basketball for Randolph-Macon women's team. And, you know, going into the tournament, uh, I knew that our our players were just super focused and uh, very you know, I use the word steely-eyed. Um, I, I kind of gave them a quote on game mode, and it, it talked about steely-eyed, and so they kind of adopted that as well. I want to take you back to the WNL game here at Crenshaw a few weeks ago, and I'm bringing, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm bringing up your schedule right now. It's 71-56 win uh, on Play for K-Day, as a matter of fact. It was a week removed from the loss in Emory and Henry, at that point now, it was two wins in a row for you guys as you're seeking momentum into the home stretch of the regular season. And I remember uh, the, the, the team just being so fired up about playing Washington and Lee at that particular point. Was there any point then or during that last stretch, Randolph, Farum, Senior Day with Shenandoah, et cetera, where you saw something click or something tick and you thought to yourself, we can finish this run. We can cut the nets down in Salem. Well, certainly, um, I, th- I think our senior senior leadership um, stepped up. And um, I think the Washington and Lee game started it. And um, they just, uh, they seemed more, much more um, in tune to exactly what they needed to do and what we coaches had hopefully been trying to preach to them all season long you know I I told them that this is one of the most talented teams that I had had and that they had all the abilities of any ODAC champion team that I'd ever seen or had the opportunity to coach and I just didn't know what they needed to be successful and I think you know they listened to me and they made some suggestions and we tried to adopt them and Hopefully that's what they needed to um, give them a spark to take it on their own, and they did. Because I also also go back to that game because of that great run that they had uh, in the second half where they just – it felt like they hit another level. They turned on the juice, and not only did they take the lead from Washington and Lee, they they just kind of put their foot down on them, and by the time it was over, it was a 15-point victory. It, it showed me that here's a team that when they are clicking and when they are playing together and they are playing well and some shots are falling, and obviously in basketball some of these things have to come together and they're either in your control or not. But when they do, 
this has the makings of a team that can play for a very, very long time. And what really impressed me was that I was seeing that in the eyes of your of your players, talking to them and seeing them post-game. So this winning streak coming down the line and then heading into the ODAC tournament honestly didn't surprise me at all. I, I agree. I, I think um, in particular my seniors, Charlotte, uh, Kelly, and Michael, I think that they got to the point where um, there was a sense of urgency. And, you know, a lot of teams use that. It's a kind of a cliche. But I think as your season is beginning to wind down and you start to look ahead and say, you know, I've only got five more games. I've only got, you know, X number of opportunities. I think that they got together. They're friends anyway. Um, And I think that um, their motivation and their leadership spurred the other players on. And it's a very close team. They're great friends off the court. As I mean, the entire team, great friends off the court. And I think that they just um, had had a uh, come to team meeting, I guess. Um, <laughs> An epiphany say, of sorts. Yes, um, that, you know, hey, we can do this. And we need to do this. The coaches have been saying this the entire season. So, like, the time is now. Yeah, let's do it. Yes. How important... Because this is the one game that a lot of people won't talk about. They'll talk about the championship. We'll talk about beating the number one seed in the semis to get to Sunday. But your win over Shenandoah in the in the quarterfinal, extremely impressive. Um, <clears throat> ahead all the way, end up winning by 27. How, how important is an opening game like that for the confidence of a team that's already in the midst of a surge anyway when you're in that mode of we must win or it's over? Well, I think the first game of the tournament, even for myself as a coach, um, is always the most difficult because it's a new venue. Um, We always preach uh, second season, so it's kind of like your first game of your second season. Um, Again, because it's a new venue, uh, new opportunity, just a different atmosphere, the lights, um, the facility, and all of that. It just um, that has a great a great feel, but a very different feel. Different. And I think once you get down there and you have your shoot around, and then you get through that first game, um, it kind of gives you the confidence. Um, if you've done well, gives you the confidence to keep on moving. And um, the Salem Civic Center just has that aura about it uh, that just gives you the confidence to be a champion. It does, no doubt about it. I want to talk about a couple of people who I think really stepped things up for you guys here. Uh, first of all, Michael Ross usually had been a sixth person off the bench, like the first one in, in the rotation. And then she hit the starting lineup. What was the thinking behind that? Well, and Michael and I have always discussed this for her entire career, that um, she's the type of player that kind of likes to sit and see the flow of the game, um, you know, who's doing well, what kind of energy she needs to bring. She's a high-energy player anyway. Yeah, yes. But um, she, she's always been very, very satisfied, um, in a way, at least for to me as her coach, uh, satisfied to come off as the sixth player. And uh, we started the season out like that. And I think, um, you know, maybe she wanted to be in the starting lineup as a senior, but I chatted with her, and Coach Watson was her high school coach as oh, yes. well. Um, he chatted with her, and, you know, she's she's about the team. And so she was, she was comfortable with that. But, um, you know, we had a couple of injuries, a couple of things that we needed to uh, deal with, and it seemed likely that Michael would be the first person to take somebody another starter's place and so we put her in the starting lineup and we found that we didn't really lose anything it's nice to have a six player come off the bench and be a 19 point (laughs) per game scorer really and so we didn't lose anything with her in the starting lineup so we kept her there she had a couple of games um you know sometime latter part of january where she wasn't doing as well as what um she always did but um she bounced right out of it and um, has served us well. It was a good decision to put her in the starting lineup, I guess. <laughs> Indeed. And, boy, <clears throat> excuse me, what a performance Saturday. Uh, what she did in the first half to set the tone for the rest of that game against Emory and Henry, hitting the three right there at the buzzer, makes a 14-point game. They race off the courts of the locker room. You have all the momentum. And to me, you, you probably knew that inevitably there was going to be a surge for Memory and Henry before all was said and done because they weren't yeah. not going to go down without a fight. But because of what Michael did in the first half and follow-up work in the second half along with what Kelly did and others as well, you're able to weather the storm and get the win. 
Yeah, I mean, Michael, like I said earlier, she's got that energy. She has that energy. She brings it to the team, and, and the team feed, feeds off of her. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a couple of times, this has been her learning process through, the, through her years. Um, I say, Michael, you got to slow down somewhere. Michael, it's one versus three. And she goes, I know, Coach LaHaye, I just can't help myself. <laughs> Um, but, you know, it's, it's been a learning process. But, I mean, again, her energy, her enthusiasm, um, her abilities, uh, it's, it's great leadership. I mean, she, she's, the, she's the spokesperson in the locker room. And um, people, she has that kind of charisma that um, just draws her teammates to her. Coach, the other player that has kind of stood out to me in this process here down the stretch and at Salem over the weekend was you can just see the confidence now in the eyes of Becca Arrington. Uh, there was a time where she wasn't sure she should be taking the outside jumper, and somewhere here along the line in the last 30 to 45 days, something clicked inside her head, and now she goes out there. She doesn't. She rarely takes a shot that she shouldn't take. I think I saw one all weekend down in Salem. Uh, but she's becoming a very good three-point shooter. Well, I'm most pleased with her defense, actually, but <laughs> I'll take her three-point shooting any day. Um, Rob, I have a team full of very unselfish players, and um, that's something that we've struggled with all year long. Now, you wouldn't think that that should be a struggle, but um, I've got players when I say, I need you to shoot, I need you to score. We need you. Your team needs you. It's like, well, I don't want to be selfish, or I don't want them to think I'm selfish. And, you know, it's ironic. Um, I've read a couple articles in the paper about, you know, Wilson Wilson's, I can't even pronounce his name, from UVA. I mean, his coach oh, yeah. actually, um, you know, put it in front of him that he was more selfish by not scoring. By not, yep. And so I haven't quite used that psychology with them, but um, I did did tell them that, that, that their team needed their scoring. But I think Becca has really come into her own. I, too, agree that um, she had an outstanding tournament. But I think her defense, she focused on her defense and that just her, and let her offense flow. And she was very relaxed. You could tell she was confident. Um, and that really paid off for us. It did, no doubt. Okay, now a couple of stories from yesterday's championship win with Guilford. First of all, you come into the Salem Civic Center and the, the place is a buzz. Uh, the, the officials are in front of me courtside at the, at the table. And they're talking about your, uh, your outfit. <laughs> I, I'm serious. Before the you know, game even started, and I looked over. You guys had just come in for the first time. I looked over, and I'm like, okay, you know, Carol's wearing something special for Sunday. It makes sense. It's championship Sunday. But then I found out later on there's a little story behind the jacket that you wore. Yes, there is. <laughs> um, and and I like to follow up with the officials as well. But um, <laughs> no, in in terms of what they said about what my they jacket. said about it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or at least what the. Uh, officials commissioner said to me but <laughs> yes i i wore a uh, very sparkly sequined jacket um i always buy different clothes for the odak tournament so my players have known through the years that i coach did you get a new outfit for the tournament so everybody so i wore three different outfits and i never wear the same thing for any game any during game. the same okay. season but um halloween this year we have three freshmen uh, Haley Pascalone, uh, Devin Conrad, and Kennedy Cornick. And those three, they're a hoot together, but they're a great addition to our team. Uh, Haley dressed up as Coach LaHaye. Devin was Coach Liverman. And Kennedy was Coach Watson. Oh, my gosh. And so they went to Goodwill. And Haley bought this jacket that I wore for the ODAC championship. And she dressed up as Coach LaHaye. So they gave it to me on Halloween, and they said, Coach, this is yours, and we dare you to wear it. And so I wore it the first game of the season, and then uh, they all laughed and teeheed and all of that. And then they said, I dare you to wear it again. And I go, oh, I will wear it in the ODAC championship. So in our scouting report on Friday, on Saturday night, uh, Kelly Williams said, Coach, did you bring your jacket? And I said, I sure did. And she said, you did? Are you going to wear it? And I said, yes, I am. I can hear Kelly now. Yep. So I wore it. And um, that, that jacket means a lot to me, actually. Yeah. But when Vicki, our ODAC um, officials coordinator, came over to me, 
um, she told me that she liked my jacket, and then I told her the story, and she said, oh, my goodness. She said, Clark, one of the um, officials, had said, I bet she got it at Goodwill. <laughs> Or that looks like a Goodwill <laughs> jacket. And um, no disrespect for Goodwill oh, by any not. means. But, um, you know, I have never been to a Goodwill store in my life. Really? Never. And so uh, to wear one that brought me as much good luck and mm. pleasure and compliments. Yes. But it was a jacket. If you got very close, um, I had many areas that did not have the sequins on them <laughs> there were lots of strings i didn't dare to cut or pull because i oh, thought no. the jacket would fall apart it would fall apart right and um and then one of the officials brian wallace um he, he has a, a bald head and he said coach i'm glad i'm not doing the game because i think my bald head and your shiny jacket would clash <laughs> for the lights in the civic center oh my goodness <clears throat> now there's another story too and you and i talked about this post game yesterday uh, this was the 10th odak championship for this program and for you as head coach uh, and there was some significance with the number 10 that the, the players even recognized yesterday morning as you guys were preparing to leave the hotel and head to Salem Civic Center for the championship. Tell the listeners what happened. Yes. Um, so we were we were uh, going back to the hotel, and it was our day to check out and everything. And um, because we played the 1 o'clock game the last two days, I mean, we were pretty much on the same schedule. So it was going back to the hotel from our shoot-around and collecting all of our stuff and checking out and um, Michael said to me coach what time are we leaving the hotel and I said 10-ish and she said 10-ish what does that mean and I said 10-ish you know around 10 10 or so and she goes well is that 10:03, or is it 10 10 and I and then about that time coach Liverman spoke up and she goes it is 10 10 because we're gonna win our 10th championship <laughs> And so then everybody on the bus said, what time are we leaving? 10-10. And then our group chat was like, 10-10? Are you sure we're leaving at 10-10? Could you tell me what time it was again? So it was 10. So there was some significance there. Definite significance. Mm -hmm. As you climb that ladder, and before we let you go, I want to talk about upcoming this weekend, obviously. But I, I, I got to get your thinking. I saw you climb it two years ago. And, and for Coach LaHaye, you were very demonstrative a couple of years back. I've still got the pictures and video in the archives to prove it. Yesterday, I'm like, okay, how's coach going to handle? And, and you go up and you you cut it. And, and the first thing you do is you kind of you turn around and look at them when, when you had the net and you just kind of held it in your hands uh, as if you had just been handed a brand-new baby. I mean, it was that you were holding it with that much, you know, it was so precious to see. What goes through your mind? Because I know that moment never gets old. No, it certainly does not get old. Uh, not at all. Um, when I cut that net, um, it's just like lots of emotion went through me. And I said, you know what? you got to get yourself together. <laughs> um, I, I think I reached up. I, I actually kissed it, to be honest with you. Uh, put it in my hands and put it up to my mouth. And then I thought, whoa, whoa, no, what are you doing? Um, but... You know, I guess the 10th championship and all of these years, uh, they're not easy to come by. And I think no. about all of the players, the fantastic players that have come through the ODAC and not won an ODAC championship. Yeah. And um, I think of the Emory and Henry players, oh, the seniors. Yeah. Um, you know, we beat them two years ago. We beat them again the other day. They didn't win a championship. Mm -hmm. Um, and to have Kelly and Charlotte and Becca and Elise already win two in their careers, um, it just, you know, like I said, a lot of emotion hit me, and it, it's like, whoa. You know, again, I was in the public eye. I said, <laughs> you, you got to pull yourself together a little bit. Pull and, it together. And um, so, yeah, and, you know, two years ago when I, I was so demonstrative, uh, everybody had written us off. We only had ten players. Um, That's right. And we were really young. Uh, the people, the, the seniors that we had on the team, uh, you know, they, they hadn't played very many minutes throughout their career, and here they were seniors. And, and so everybody had kind of written us off. And for us to go down there with just 10 players and, and win a championship um, against a very, very good Emory and Henry team yes. and to get through the quarterfinals and all of that, um, that was a very powerful 
Odak Championship, too. Each one's different. Yes, each one is different, for sure. All right, let's turn our attention forward. NCAA Selection Committee, <coughs> excuse me, made it official this afternoon. You're on your way to Lexington, Kentucky. Transylvania is the uh, host school and that four-team pod coming up Friday and Saturday, and you get the host team coming up on Friday. I believe tip is at 6 p.m. Have you had a chance here this afternoon to, to get any scouting in on who they are and what they do? And just how do you handle a situation like that when you're thrown on Monday, the assignment, here's who you'll play Friday at their place? Well, it's 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 very hectic. Very uh, thank thank you to have the assistant coach that I do. Yeah. Um, she's all about it. Coach Liverman, uh, Coach Watson, he's already preparing our defenses and getting himself organized. But, um, you know, I mean, they're 25-2, and two and um, they're a very good three-point shooting team, uh, very well coached. Uh, coach Liverman has heard their coach um, give a clinic on zone defense. Wow. So, um, you know, whether they play a zone, we haven't got that far yet. We haven't had a chance to watch any film. But uh, their two losses were against this um, Hanover, which is the team that they just beat for their championship, and they beat them by 30 points, but they had lost, I think, by seven points. But, again, they shoot a lot of threes. Um, we haven't got into the finer details and all of that, um, but we're just happy to be playing at this particular time. I, I promote that we're one of the last... I mean, we're top 64 team in the nation, and we need to take advantage of that. I mean, That's right. When they heard Transylvania, it's like, where's that? Someplace <laughs> in Europe or someplace? <laughs> um, and then it's a long ways away. I just know that. <coughs> Lexington, Kentucky. Lexington, Kentucky. And, you know, we're really, truly blessed, even though that's a long ways away. I mean, Peyton Humphreys, our player from Lexington, mm -hmm. she... she she actually had a, a little emotion when she heard Transylvania because that meant she got to go home. She's going home. And it's such um, such a long ride for her family to come see her play. And so I am very thankful and grateful to the NCAA yeah. for shipping us to Transylvania so Peyton's <laughs> family and friends yes. and all of her loved ones can get a chance to see her play. A lot of people forget about those, those aspects of it. Boy, you're absolutely right. Coach for a team, you started one and four in November, and now here you are, 18 and nine, and on your way to the NCAA tournament. Congratulations! I cannot thank you enough. I know how busy you guys are right now. For you to agree to take your time and come out and join us tonight, honored to have you. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime I get a chance to talk to you, Rob. So thank you again. We have lots more to talk about. We'll do it in the off season. All right, sounds okay. good. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Coach LaHaye in the Yellow Jackets heading to Lexington, Kentucky. It's a 6 o'clock tip on Friday night. Transylvania is the host school in that four-team pod, and they'll get that first-round game with them. If they win, they get the winner between, let's see, it's Oglethorpe and William Peace, who ironically was the opening night opponent for Randolph-Macon back uh, in November, and that second-round game is on Saturday. We turn our attention to the men coming up next. The voice of the Yellow Jackets, Marty Wilson, drops by. We'll review the championship weekend for Josh Merkel and company and get you ready for two home games Yellow Jacket fans are hoping this Friday and Saturday at Crenshaw as this uh, very special edition of In the Red Zone continues live at Sports Page Grill Ashland. We're back in a moment. There's more to come right after this short break. Massey Wood and West has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923, offering the finest in HVAC systems, home heating, fuel oil, propane gas, and more. Massey Wood and West is a premier dealer of Heil cooling and heating equipment, offering professional service and installation of HVAC systems, gas, or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by a century of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood and West also gives you one stop shopping for standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and other quality Heil equipment. Call today. Stay cool in the summer, warm in the winter with Massey Wood and West. Call 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Or go online to MasseyWoodandWest.com. That's MasseyWoodandWest.com. Massey Wood and West, a premier Heil dealer. Massey Wood and West, prompt, dependable service since 1923. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. 
Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. 800-600-9969. That's 800-600-9969. Come on, come on, turn the radio on, it's Friday night, and I won't be long, gotta do my hair, put my makeup on. Ah, it's fun to talk about championships, isn't it? Yes, sirree. Back live here at Sports Page Girl, Ashland, 1029 The Mater, listening live online at rvasportsnetwork.com, HanoverCountySports.net, and our friends listening tonight on the TuneIn Radio app on Radial, R-A-D-I-A-L-L. What a time for Randolph-Macon Athletics. Baseball as hot as blazes right now. Softball had a great weekend down in Raleigh. Uh, you've got men's lacrosse undefeated. The women are coming back home for action this coming Saturday. Uh, with a, so far, a very, very tough non-conference schedule, and they're doing that on purpose to try to finally vanquish Washington and Lee uh, come conference time. And, and then, of course, the weekend in Salem. We've had the chance to be honored by the presence of Carol LaHaye and talk about the women's side. And now let's talk about the men's side. This was a situation where uh, for the third year in a row, the Yellow Jackets came in as the number one seed, as the regular season champions. In 2018, they were stunned in the quarterfinals. 2019, they make the, the tournament final. They fall to Guilford. And now this year, they get in. They got Hamden Sydney in the quarterfinals. And then they have a couple of upsets on third, or on a Friday night, I should say. And here comes a Roanoke team that gave them fits defensively earlier in the season. They're able to get past them. Then, of course, it's one versus two yesterday. And the Yellow Jackets got the best of the Marlins. And uh, courtside for all of that to bring us back the action here back home. The voice of the Yellow Jackets, my good friend Marty Wilson, is in the house. What's up, my friend? Good to see you tonight. It's great to have you with us, as always. All right, so you've been there. You were there in 18 when they were stunned. You were there in 19 when they got to Sunday and they were disappointed. You've seen them many times here this season. It's a fantastic team with a fantastic leader. Uh, What was your thinking, your feeling, when you got into Salem for the first time? to get ready for Friday's quarter? Well, first of all, I think the, the championship they won yesterday, you really have to think that the seniors from last year played a part in that as well. Disappointing that you had a shot to win a championship last year, and John Noel goes down 30 seconds into the ball game. So right. Luke Neely, John Noel, uh, Darrell Williams, Grayson Medulla, all a big part of that. But I think we, we liked the, the matchups we had. In all honesty, I think the other side of the bracket might have been a little bit difficult. You watched that ball game between Washington Lee and Lynchburg. That final game on, on Friday night was a, a tough one. But um, we had played well just a couple weeks ago against Hampton-Sydney. I, I did not think that the Tigers matched up all that well against us. Anybody you're getting in that, that uh, Saturday game, Guilford Roanoke, was going to be tough. Both very good defensive squads. And really, everybody, the top six in the league are really good. I think the top six in the league in the ODAC were all in the top 25 defensively at points per game given up in the country. Mm-hmm. So you really you didn't have any choice. We, we had no factor who we were going to play. But when you looked at Roanoke, we played about their place early in the season, beat them by 10, uh, and just really – it was a struggle. We held up to 29% shooting in that ball game and made enough shots on our own. But uh, you watch the way they shot the ball against Guilford on Friday, and you're thinking, okay, they were a handful. And they were. Um, Yellow Jackets down by 10 with five minutes to play. And Andrew and I talk a lot about the fact during the broadcast how good we are defensively. Most of the year we've been number one in the country as far as points per game, and the defense comes through. Um, they, you give up two points in the last five minutes of the ball game, you outscore them 13 to 2 mm-hmm. and get yourself to the championship ball game. But you think of the plays that were made in, in that game, you know, where we were sitting courtside, you had Buzz Anthony poke a ball away. He's diving on the floor, tapping the ball into the backcourt to allow Josh Talbert finish with a run out. And then Talbert comes up to Corey Turner's bucket. It's finally the, the winning margin and uh, sort of freshman to senior there. But a lot of things had to go well. And then, you know, Corey Turner comes back and makes the play against Caleb Jordan, their senior point guard. And I was talking to Corey sitting in the stands yesterday. The coaching staff had them so well prepared 
Caleb Jordan is a left-handed player, but he likes to shoot the floater going to his right. Corey's telling me they knew that, and he knew exactly how he had to play and where he wanted to force you. He knew exactly how you wanted to push him to not let him get to that floater. And the ball, he gets a decent look, but it goes off the back rim, and finally Josh Talbert comes down with a rebound. But the, the scouting report that the coaches had prepared had Corey completely prepared for what he needed to do on the defensive end and to, to get the stop and get the win. And so you sort of survived that ball game. And then against Virginia Wesleyan yesterday, I think, again, the scouting report, if you watched Wesleyan – on Friday, Corey Pelham, their third-team All-ODAC selection, went for 30, and just really with no problem. We're shooting the ball, lights out. Coach Merkel takes his guys yesterday, Corey Turner and Terry Woods, and just press him all up. You saw it, all up down the floor. Yep. He's their primary ball handler, and you take him out of the ball game because of the fact he has to work so hard to get the ball across midcourt. And then in the half court, that he, he got two open looks late in the ball game that were somewhat irrelevant. But... The, the pressure that Corey Turner, Terry Woods, and Buzz Anthony are able to put on him constantly during the course of the ballgame just took him away. So there's 30 points from the night before. I think he finished with 12, but probably six of them were meaningless at the end. And right. Just the defensive uh, way you approach that ball game was just a tremendous, not really letting them get into any flow. Two good runs in that championship game. First half set the pace. Uh, you get the double-digit lead in a one-versus-two battle. That's so huge, <clears throat> especially for a team that's trying to finally get over the hump. And then there was a stretch there in the middle portion of the second half where uh, it, it it seemed like Buzz Anthony could do whatever he wanted on the floor. It was like I was watching a video game, and Buzz was directing himself and the other nine people on the floor were just kind of watching the show. And and it, and it wasn't that he wasn't getting other players involved. He would. He, you know, he'd drive. He'd dish. There's Miles. There's yep. two. But whatever Buzz decided to do, there wasn't a thing the Marlins could do about it. And it was interesting, Rob. I don't think he shot the ball all that well beyond the three-point line no. that weekend. So, no. And I think you know he. Um, the good thing is he didn't continue to shoot it when the ball wasn't going down. But the, the little mid-range jumper that he has, and uh, you, you, he's so good at creating space. He'll lean into the defender, force them back, and just the, the way he handles the ball, you really don't have the ability to time him. He's 5'11", you know, uh, not a, the biggest player, but you you think that maybe he gets a, a few more of those blocks, but he's so crafty with the ball that you can't time his jump shot. And you'll watch, yesterday, the, the Marlins on the perimeter switched everything mm -hmm. as far as the, the ball screens out high. So he would wait, and they get the switch, and now he's playing against Percy Bird or Tim Fisher, 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he's almost salivating at that thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go right by this guy. <laughs> and he draws him out with a dribble, and these guys are in no man's land trying to play him because they got to try to stay close enough to get a hand in his face if he's going to shoot the, the three. But then he draws him out and then blows right by him. Right by And he and Terry did a nice job of that yesterday. A couple times when you drove, you get it deep down to the, the low post, and then you kicked it right back. Miles Mallory being back yesterday was huge. Yes. Ball came out to him probably three or four times right at the free throw line, and he's just stepping into a 15-foot jump shot, and it was nothing but net. Yeah. So having him back and an extra um, weapon on the offensive end, and certainly with Terry and Buzz know how to find him, and you know, but you're right. I think Buzz was in complete command. Um, it's interesting to see that uh, it, it's got to be so frustrating to play against him. He's so good with the ball. He's so smart doesn't make that really any mistakes and just uh, recognizes as they switch who he's been guarded by. He'll back you down if you're a guard guarding him. Um, if you're a big man, he's just going to put on the floor and go right by you. Mm -hmm. And just how you defend that, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> you're, and if you're, I'm sure you remember this play. It was kind of one that once it happened, I thought to myself, okay, I mean, it, it's it's inevitable. It's meant to be where they finally do block one of Buzz's shots, oh. but it's blocked straight to Terry Woods in the corner who buries a three-pointer. Yeah, like, and it's kind of like, you the know. The way I saw that, and I do remember the play, he, he goes up, and they get a full hand of the ball. He's so strong with his upper body that he never loses control of the ball, despite the fact that the defender's got his entire hand on Before he comes down, he it's like a chest pass to Terry Woods in the corner for a three. And I'm just going, I mean, because I called it calling the game that that's a block shot, and then you see the ball go to the corner and it ends up with a three-point, you know. So it's uh, just really amazing the fact that uh, when you finally do defend him well, it doesn't stop him. And uh, the end result was a three from his teammate out of the right corner. Yeah. So Amazing. Yeah. yeah. This team, to me, has some very fascinating just elements to it. I mean, we've seen them where – coaches put Buzz and Corey and um, Terry on the floor at the same time and said, I'm going to give you three number one point guards and see yep. what you can do with it. <clears throat> then you've got the two freshmen 
who I well, you know, I can go all the way back to the, the U of R exhibition game four months ago. And remember that Sunday night sitting on the floor at the Robin Center going, these guys could be some pretty good contributors this season. I don't think any of us saw what was coming, coming right. uh, for Josh and then Miles being, you know, named ODAC Rookie of the Year. What difference makers for this team? Well, you think about uh, the hard work that Coach Merkel and Dave Vittorio, who's been there with them for five years now, was an assistant coach, and Bradley Jacks last year, and um, Bobby Brackett this year. They get out and they recruit, and when you look at um, the last several years, you're bringing Buzz Anthony, who's been Player of the Year twice now, and then you add to that each year, and, you know, this year's incoming class, you know, Miles Mallory and, and Josh Talbert, if you watch them, they're going to be two of the the all-time players Randall yeah, Bacon, I think. you're right and we were a little disappointed that miles didn't get uh, either second or third team and Andrew will tell you that uh, if you look at Josh Talbert's numbers the, the course of the year you take his points per minute wrote a uh, most played out he's the leading tour in the conference over 40 minutes of play and maybe one of the most dynamic players in the conference he just that you don't see him as much because the way the minutes are divided up but uh, and you're right the, the the way that coach Merkel he builds the the bench depth and able to put three point guards on the floor mm -hmm. you watch the end of the Roanoke game when you knew, know you need to get a stop on the floor he had the, uh, these three point guards Terry Woods Corey Turner Buzz Anthony Josh Talbert a freshman and Kent Kilgrow yeah so the, so the biggest player on the floor is 6-4 at that point I mean Kent played really well over the course of the weekend he did and really well defensively but those yeah, that's not the rotation. If you're going into the season, you're thinking, how often are you going to see that lineup on the floor? But that's the lineup that gets you to stop yeah. in a crucial semifinal game in a one-point victory. And the difference between, we knew that the Yellow Jackets would make the NCAA tournament, <clears throat> regardless of what happened in Salem this weekend. Had they lost in that semifinal, though, it may change a little bit about yeah. where they are, whether they're hosting this weekend or not. By winning that game and then winning the title, not only have you stamped yourself the two the two games here this weekend, but if you can get past those two with the unique format of this year's tournament, they're going to need eight hosts for the round of 16 yep. because next weekend only one game's going to get played before everybody heads to Fort Wayne the following weekend for the national quarters. And I'll give you what Coach Merck will tell you. It's one game at a time, but I think we certainly look at that and go, the fact that you won 15 out of 16 regular season games um, – almost undefeated and then you run the table in your conference so i think that speaks a lot coming out of that certainly you you earn the ability to play the ability to play at home and i think you hopefully take advantage this weekend of who you have coming in and then an opportunity for the second weekend as well and you, yep. you see that the teams in the past the marcus badger led senior team had that same opportunity and i think that you have success the more games you're able to get in front of your home crowd and Folks that are going to turn out in Crenshaw Friday, Saturday, this place is going to be packed. Oh, yeah. I mean, you remember the atmosphere last uh, year when we were playing York at home. Oh, yeah. What a great atmosphere. Unbelievable. That, uh, just remember Corey Bates hitting a three from the top of the key, and the place just exploding. Explode. And just I mean, great college basketball atmosphere. But the kids get to, you know, you get to sleep in your own bed, no travel. You don't have to travel to Amherst eight hours away, whatever it would be, and just the sense that you're at home and, but they've earned that over the course of the season. You go 26-2 and two in a very good conference, and you, you really deserve those games at home. Yes, you do. Now, let me get your thoughts on this. <clears throat> How much this past weekend in Salem could propel them? Because their one Daryl Williams putback last year away from beating Swarthmore, going to the round of eight, and, of course, Swarthmore ended up going to the national championship game, yep. and they're effectively the, the number one seed in this year's tournament. Wow. Now, you, get the, you, you go to Guilford and you lose. So you don't get the perfect regular season. Guilford's kind of been a thorn in the side here the last year or two. But you're able to overcome that with the three wins, get the monkey off your back, hoist finally that ODAC championship. How do you now propel that to hopefully a very deep run in March? Well, I think they're playing really well. When you uh, And you have to remember that uh, this weekend we talked about John going down last year and Grace Medulla being injured for a good bit of the tournament didn't play as much uh, you know this weekend you play without miles for the first two ball games he comes back and plays really well on sa on Sunday but um, you, you have a full team on Sunday and you can see what a difference it makes I think they've got a lot of momentum right now and I think they saw how good they were last year and granted they lost four very good seniors that really all played and really contributed some really good players but uh, you add the two freshmen that we've talked about, and you get yep. contributions now. Terry Woods has grown. Kent Kilgrove's really playing well. And you've got it's the unit that they've got, their top nine or ten guys. Are, I mean, it's, it's a solid unit. And I think they've seen the fact that they were one bucket away from going, you know, advancing further last year, and they want to get back. And yeah. I think that uh, 
Um, and I, I think it's going to be very workmanlike. Uh, I don't think they're going to be satisfied just getting ball games at home. Now the job is to go win those ball games and keep getting as many home games as you can. You'll take, you know, ultimately if you get through the first two weekends, you know you're going to be going to Fort Wayne, but uh, uh, you need to take care of business. But I think that um, they're hungry. And I think that they saw when we left Amherst last year, uh, and, you know, Daryl had that short shot at the end, and sort of it, it was – it came to such an abrupt end, but when you step back and you reflect on it, you're going, God, we were that close. That close. And, and for a team that really wasn't at full strength. No. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Marty Wilson, voice of the Yellow Jackets, talking with us here live in the Red Zone at Sports Page Grill Ashland. So, uh, one name we have not mentioned, and I want to get your thoughts on him because uh, he has done enough in the interior in terms of improving his game and making co- key contributions at key times. David Thunderberg has been kind of an unsung hero for this team this year. He has, and uh, we had a couple times against Roanoke uh, Saturday, or Friday, yeah, Saturday. Saturday, yeah. We didn't. Um, we're, we're playing as well defensively as we should have. And uh, Mikulowskis drives from the left side at one point, has a wide-open drive to the bucket, no rotation on the backside. David comes back in. Mikulowskis tries the same move. Uh, probably a couple minutes later, David draws a charge. And then he, he in about a four- or five-minute period of time, he draws two charges at that point. Um, and then his ability to score in the low post, I think, has helped us out. Uh, he's very his footwork is much better. Uh, he's got a, a nice jump hook. He can go with either hand. Uh, just adds an interior presence, I mm-hmm. think. that uh, He's not the, the intimidating shot blocker that Miles is, but I think that they complement each other well. And I think you saw uh, a lot of times during the course of the, the weekend, particularly against Tim Fisher yesterday, he's the, if they get him in foul trouble, the Marlins really struggle. There were times when we were pounding the ball down into David. He was becoming the primary offensive option for you and looking to get him to the ability to score down there. And that part of his game has really progressed quite a bit. It's nice having to be able to throw it in. And if you see having a good night, he's going to get you 12 points in the low post. Yeah. He's always going to play good defense for you and I think that, uh, and rebound. But if you can get points from him, and he's, he's really shown a lot of progress this year. No doubt about it. I want to get your thoughts on something Buzz Anthony told me in our postgame interview last night before I let you go. He, he, he talked to me because, you know, I talked about all the all the, you know, the hours that you're in Crenshaw by yourself, five in the morning, putting up free throws, 11 at night, putting up free throws, this, that, the other. And he, he, he told me, he said, this year it's been about the relationships. He said it's not really been as much about the X's and O's and on the court. It's been hanging out with this guy and, and getting closer to this guy and taking a freshman under my wing and, 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 and bringing him along. It's about the friendships, and he said that's what kind of galvanized them when they got back to the hotel Saturday night and put them in a position to where they felt like, okay, we're winning this thing on Sunday, and they did. Well, I think that's a big part of He's been a, really the, a leader of the team since he got here. That's a big part of being a leader. You figure you've got some young guys on the squad now, and I was lucky enough to travel with them all the way back in, in November when they went up and played at Messiah, and you can see how close they really are. Everybody getting along. There's really no pecking order with the team, and no. And the fact that uh, you've got some freshmen that are, you know, probably trying to find their way, and having a guy who's who's reigning ODAC Player of the Year sit down and talk with you, and and a guy who's really accomplished quite a bit and is not quite finished three-year uh, tenure here, and having him be able to relate. It's not just him. I think that you see David Funderburg does the same thing. Corey Bays does the same thing. Yep. Kent Kilgrove. So it's. Um, all those guys are willing to give up their time, and it's not as if there's a separation between the old guys and the young guys. And I think that, uh, and particularly when you see um, that everybody's contributing, I, you know, I was walking away from the game on um, on Saturday, thinking you win because of a defensive play that your freshman makes to allow your senior to get a driving layup at that point in time. So it goes, you know, end to end. It, uh, it takes the entire unit to get that win. So, Marty, you uh, you and Andrew be behind the mic coming up on yeah, Friday? Yeah, we're going to call both games on Friday. Uh, I haven't uh, – I was at work all day today. Being at, <laughs> Which got, is why I have not asked you for a scouting report no, on Wesley. I've got a little bit. And it's really funny, Rob, that uh, there's a bunch of emails with some buddies of mine that uh, start, start sending stuff in. Mike Ennis, one of our big supporters for Randolph Bacon, is sending me an email. Hey, the second-leading scorer for Wesley actually went to high school with Corey Bays. Oh, and I'm going, man. So my scouting report starts coming together. Everybody's sending stuff in. <laughs> I'm trying to work because of the fact that I was out of the office on Friday. But right. you can't help but look at some of this stuff, but um, I'll probably sit down tomorrow night, probably take the night off, sit down tomorrow night, start walking through, but uh, Andrew and I will have the call for both games on uh, Friday and Saturday, or both games on Friday, and then have the call for Saturday night as well, so, uh, and it's just exciting for us, I mean, we uh, enjoy what we do, and I tell folks that it's it's easy to do what we do when you're working with a product that the coaches have put on the floor here yeah. for years and years and years. Oh, yes. Um, 
know, you, whether it was Coach Rhodes when I first started with this, or then uh, Co- Coach Davis, now Coach Merkel. You know, it's easy to call a team that's twenty six and two. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just it's just calling good basketball. If, if anything, you know, it's me not describing it well enough for folks to be able to really enjoy uh, how good they are. But um, it's you know, it'd be a little bit more of a struggle if you were two and twenty six. Um, yes, uh, folks in Farmville came close to that last year, but uh, um, you know. It's it's easy when you're, when you're good. Well, you yeah. and Mr. Price are the best at what you do in the ODAC, and it's not even close. I yeah. can tell you that for sure. Thank you. Uh, and looking forward to hearing your call, kind of, because I'll be probably sitting near you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're right next to that. you probably hear most of it. So. That's, that's right. Coming good up, or bad. So. Uh, coming up Friday and Saturday. So Friday fans, 4 o'clock will be Marietta and TCNJ. Right. And then the Yellow Jackets take on Wesley at 630 Winners will play Saturday night, 6.30. And if you go to HanoverCountySports.net right now, top of the page, there is a link to the page where you can get the ticket information. Don't know if there are going to be tickets available for the public. We'll know that later in the week. Yellow Jacket Club members get first dibs. All of that is spelled out at the link at HanoverCountySports.net. Marty Wilson, always a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, my friend. See you this weekend. You got it. No doubt about that. All right, fans, we'll come back. Wrap things up on this edition of In the Red Zone coming up in just a moment. In the Red Zone, we'll take a short time out. We'll be right back, so stay tuned to the Mater. Where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stoudemire and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CBS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company helps you customize your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Unlike things you paid for you didn't need, like that much-needed 125-inch flat-screen TV. It's hurting my eyes a lot. For your 100-square-foot bedroom. My neck isn't so much stiff as it's completely stuck. With Liberty Mutual, get customized home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Uh-oh, I'm seeing color splotches. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Oh, what a jam-packed hour we've had here tonight live at Sports Page Grill Ashland fans. This is going to be one of the biggest weeks, uh, not just of the year, but maybe in several years here in the area because here's what's going on right now. Monacan and Hanover tipping in Chesterfield for the Region 4B Girls Basketball Championship. If Hanover wins, they will host a state quarterfinal on Friday night. If they lose tonight, they will go to the Region 4A champions, who are the Hampton Crabbers, and that game would take place at Norfolk State University on Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Make note of that. So Hanover wins tonight. They host Friday night. If they lose tonight, they go to Hampton at Norfolk State Friday, a 2 o'clock start. 4 o'clock Friday at Crenshaw Gymnasium, NCAA Men's Division Three Championship gets underway. First round doubleheader, Marietta, TCNJ at 4, Randolph-Macon and Wesley at 6.30. Ticket information right now at the link at HanoverCountySports.net. All of the information courtesy of our friends, of course, 
in the Randolph-Macon College Athletics Department. I want to give a special thanks. He's in the house tonight to Director of Athletic Communications, Phil Stanton, for doing such an incredible job yesterday down in Salem, helping us put together this show tonight on last-minute notice, getting Coach LaHaye in as well as uh, getting in Marty to talk about uh, the men's side. So, of course, second round will be on Saturday. Yellow Jacket women on the road in Lexington, Kentucky. They tip at Transylvania College at 6 p.m. on Friday in the first round. Region 5B Women's Championship about to go to Highland Springs. They lead by 21 with a quarter to play. Henrico Verina boys will play later in this hour. We'll have all the information for you across our Twitter network, and we'll be back next week here with another edition of In the Red Zone Live at Sports Page Grill Ashland. Big thanks to our friends here at Sports Page Grill. A big thank you to our sponsor, Massey Wood and West at 355-1721 and MasseyWoodandWest.com. Summer's coming soon. Daylight saving time begins Sunday. Get that HVAC system tuned up before it's too late. 355-1721. And We Think in Ink right down the street. Chuck and the gang with all your printing needs at WeThinkinInc.com. Thanks to Calvin back in the studios. I'll talk to you again at 9 for Party of Two and back next week here in the Red Zone. Good night, everybody. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a production of WHAN Radio. Our producer is Calvin Cecil. Executive producer is William Roberts. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a copyright production of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC. Any rebroadcast or reproduction in part or in whole without the express written consent of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC is strictly prohibited.